Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Uh, it's a great pleasure today to welcome Jason Ankers. Give him a big hand. <clears throat> Jason and his wife, Tracy, and their two children have been coming to Riverside for about a year. You may not have had the chance and the joy to meet him or chat to him. Today, you're going to meet him, um, obviously, and he's going to share a bit about himself and his life um, as he talks. But if you haven't chatted to him, then I really recommend it. They're a great family, and it's a joy to welcome him to speak to us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I knew an old minister that used to say, are you glad you came? Are you glad you came? Isn't the worship amazing this morning? Really sharing and declaring some incredible truths. Walter's wife, Daphne, a resident at a care centre, she has Parkinson's, which has progressed, causing dementia. (coughs) Now, sadly, she is unaware of Walter's passing and is not well enough to attend the funeral of Walter. Yet to make her part of the service, the flowers are from her and are made exactly as their wedding bouquet. Eve, while serving in the RAF, went to relieve the personnel that were stationed at Detling Hill Aerodrome. It was on a warm, sunny afternoon, Tuesday the 13th of August, 1940, Approximately ten past four, an attack took place. The airfield was not warned of the forthcoming air raid until it was too late. Sixty-seven personnel were killed and 97 injured. Smoke from the bomb damage could be seen miles around. Now, the local newspaper reported this damage to Detlin Aerodrome, and so it was so extensive that the local bus that passed for weeks after had a policeman on board and made sure that all the passengers turned to not look. At first, Joanne didn't take much notice of Mum's story and to realise that if her mum and her colleagues had reached that airbase a couple of hours earlier, there could have been a real possibility that they may not be here today. My nanny Sylvia was a force to be reckoned with. She was a tour de force. She invented what it means to be our family, and I'm so proud to be part of it. She was my nan, and I was delighted by her, so proud of her, and I loved her. Now you're up there now, nan. You're with your maker, your redeemer, your friend, and continuing the conversation that you've had with him always. Our loss is definitely his gain. My darling nanny, we will miss you always. That's just a little taste of my calling, my job. Now, I've been in church life for over 20 years. I've been in senior leadership, and, but now I, the Lord has led me to become a celebrant. I conduct funerals pretty much every day. That's what the Lord has asked me to do. I help families to celebrate the life of a loved one who've passed away. And yes, it's always an honour and a privilege, of course. 
I serve families that have faith and they know where they're going. And I serve families that don't and don't want any religion at all. I've conducted probably almost 3,000 funerals now. And I deal with life and death on a daily basis. Yes, I'm amongst the raw emotion, the, dare I say, the family feuds. All sorts of things that come in. I could quite easily be pulled into being a counsellor, a referee, a mediator, even social services on occasion. Now let me tell you about a lady called Sheila. I was asked to meet this lady who wanted to organise her funeral before she passed. And so I went into this house and sat with Sheila. I worked on what would be called a living eulogy. Planned the service, the music, what was to be said. And became very friendly. So I said, do you want your own personal chaplain? To which she jumped at. Now, she didn't necessarily have a faith, but I went along to just offer a little nugget or two every now and then. The relationship developed, and it came to time when she was passing. About two days before she passed, she was going to her daughter's house, and she asked me to come round. So I said, yes, of course, I will. Made an appointment, went round. She handed me a letter, and she said to me, Jason, can you read this letter in the service? I said, yes. I said, can I read it? She said, no. I said, can I have a look at it of the morning of the service? So I am a little bit familiar with what you're going to say. She said, okay. So I stood at the crematorium and the family were around. Now, let me give you a little precede for this, because actually the family had not been around for a long time. And all of a sudden, hearing that she was passing, they sort of appeared out of the woodwork. She had a little bit of money, yes. So I opened up this letter and I thought, I have a relationship. And I need to honour what she's asked me to do. The letter went along the lines of, If you all knew how much this service had cost, you would realise there's no more money left. (laughs) There was extravagant music. The orders of service were gold-leaved. She kept saying as well to me that I can't wait to crawl inside my chocolate box. What she meant by that is the coffin itself was the shape of a chocolate box. The wood had been engraved. There was laminate across the top. This funeral was very expensive. I don't know. As we journey on right now in in this series, maybe this is why Simon has asked me to share on life. New life, because I deal with so much death all the time. Who knows? But where are we in the series? Well, it always helps if you toggle. (laughs) No, I've gone ahead of myself. So we've got the first week, we go in authority. The second week, we go because we are sent. The third week... We go near and far, and then, of course, we had the Vision Sunday, and that was great, wasn't it? 
We go to make disciples, is what we shared last week. And now we go to bring new life. Now I'm going to share three nice, simple points. Why, where, and waiting. Can you just share them back to me? Go. Why, where, and waiting. And they're the three points. So if you're writing, write them down. So why do we go to bring new life? Where do we go to bring new life? And waiting, we go because he is waiting. Now, in the next few weeks, we're having a baptism service. Can I ask by a show of hands, who has been baptised? We know John has, because he's already told us earlier on. (coughs) Now, just share, speak. Where did you get baptised? Here, TC. In the sea, fantastic. Sorry? Peckham, wow. Amazing. Any weird places? London, that's weird. (laughs) Fantastic. You got baptised in church, in a baptism tank. Some have been baptised in the sea. For me, it was in a swimming pool. It's scary when you start to look back at photos and you realise how young you used to be. I was a little bit more chiselled back then, wasn't I? But for me, I got baptised in a theological college in a swimming pool with people around. One guy on a guitar. It was great. It was fantastic. It was a real moment for me, a real special moment. Now, I've been walking with Jesus on the journey with him for a while, but at that point, I knew I had to be baptised. I knew I had to do that. And this is what we're going to explore a little bit today. If I'm honest, I could have spoke for hours of how God had been interacting in my life before I started interacting with him, his goodness and his faithfulness, his his patience and his love to see his fingerprints all over my life. It was an amazing time because it meant that it came to a realisation that actually I had been released. I had been released from the wages of sin. I'm forgiven, clean. My wrongs were washed away. A fresh start Some people know this as being born. Again, I was born and knew I had a new life. I was made right. That means I have peace with God. No longer that war with him. I was adopted into his family, the church. Accepted. Being received by him. And I have life beyond the grave. All these things are mine. So for those who raised your hand, can you just raise them again if you've been baptised? All of these are yours. When the difficulties of life come, remember that these are yours. You have been forgiven. You have been made right. You have been accepted. You have a life beyond the grave. Is that incredible? It's amazing. We come to this passage that we've been working through. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead to give his charge. God authorised and commanded me to commission you to go out and to train everyone you meet, far and near in this way of life, marking them 
in baptism in the threefold name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the end of the age. So we come to that point today, marking them with, in baptism. Marking them by baptism. This passage is a passage that we are journeying through. It's marking. Now, to mark something means you put a label on it or you, you highlight something. It's a little bit like a, a wedding ring. Who's got a wedding ring on their finger? Ladies, you probably have an engagement ring too. <coughs> Baptism is very similar to that. You are marking something. Now, I'm married, as what's already been said, uh, married to a wonderful lady called Tracy. She's amazing. She's a rock. She's funny. She's clever. She understands me. She puts up with me, too. And she's taken on my two lovely children. Now, when I asked and proposed, there's a little story there. I was up north, and my brother was to... The, the west of the country, and I had to come down south to ask her to marry me. Now, my brother's a goldsmith, so he created the engagement ring. I had to go over to get it and then travel all the way down to London. The time was set, the date was set, everything was absolutely perfect. I knew it had to be right, so I booked the Goring Hotel. I know, I felt so posh. A place that dignitaries, high-class dignitaries, royals even stay. I thought, you can't get better than this. It was booked. The only problem was, everything was okay, apart from when that day I went to pay for something on my card. It got declined. I went into panic overload. This day was set, it was perfect, and now I had no money. So, okay, I went into the bank to see if I could get some cash out to make sure that I had it covered. So I put the card in, and the card disappeared. I couldn't ask her to marry me and then say, oh, by the way, can you pay the bill? (laughs) So Tracy sat to the side. She couldn't understand why I'd gone into this major panic overload over this. She had no idea what was to come. I pulled the guy to the side, spoke to him, said, I need to get it back. He got it back. And then I looked at the clock thinking, we've got to get going because our date is coming. Our time is coming. He then started to try and ask if I wanted a loan and various things, as they do, to the point where I was having to shut him down. And, no, I've got to get going. And Tracy's going, are you okay? We went. And I proposed. And of course she said yes. But this is marking something to come. The engagement ring is a mark that you are setting yourself apart for the other one, for the day of marriage. And baptism is the same. Now when I was baptised, I wasn't perfect. To be honest with you, I'm still not perfect. I'm still working on stuff. All my T's weren't crossed and my I's weren't dotted. But I knew that I had to mark something in my life. In many ways, you could call it an anchor point. A point in my life where I had put an anchor in the ground so that when 
the storms of life come, I knew that I had put that anchor there and I knew that I could go back to those seven points before, that I am released, clean, fresh start, made right, adopted, accepted, and I have a life beyond the grave. So let's go to that first point. So why do we go to bring new life? Now, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but there's something very wrong with the world, isn't there? Who likes movies? Here's a little wave. I've got five movie clips I'm going to throw up onto the screen. And after we've watched, I want you to tell me the movie and why you think I've chosen that. Watch your back! Here it is. Here's a cave. Come on. Right here, right here. Go, go, go. Years of messages stored. Messages span 23 years. You play from the beginning. Hey, Dad. Checking in. Saying hi. Um, finished second in school. This curlic's still giving me C, so pulled me down, but you know, second's not bad. Grandpa attending ceremony. <laughs> um, oh, I met another girl, Dad. I, uh, I really think this is the one. Her name's Lois. Sarah, right there. Murphy stole Grandpa's car. She crashed it. She's okay, though. Hey, Dad. 500 yards. That's the length of five football fields. Just shy of half a mile.
intense. This is the moment you've waited for. Been searching in the dark, your sweat soaking through the floor. Buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream can't you see you getting closer? Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. It's fire, it's freedom, it's flying open. It's a picture in the pulpit, and you're blind to bullshit. There's something In case I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million. Mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. First movie. Fantastic. Why do you think I chose that one today? Shows utter poverty. Do you remember the story, Chris Gardner, salesman, tried to make a living with a bulky portable bone density scanner. Took a gamble, but it didn't pay off. He was made completely homeless. And to be honest, every time I see that scene, it breaks me. Next movie, Interstellar, well done. Any idea why I chose that one? 23 years of being alone, of being isolated. Third one, Shawshank Redemption is a great movie, isn't it? It's about an innocent man being sent to prison. The next one, and I heard a lot of singing going on. <laughs> Greatest show. Why do you think I chose that one? It charts a story from humble beginnings to the greatest showman of a generation. He didn't let hard times stop him, but even when he was at the peak and he had success, his life failed. As you remember, he lost his family. And the next one. Truman Show, a movie within a movie. And all these movies impacted me in one way or another. And what do you see in that movie? Why do you think I chose that one? There's a movie about him being controlled. Even having the perfect life, was it right? 
And the last one, Forrest Gump. The ups and downs of life. And if we were allowed to pass a few things round, I was going to bring some chocolates and pass them round, but I'm sorry. (laughs) These are all great movies. So why do we go? Possibly a little reflection of what life is like. We'll see. Anyway, I'm going to ask, can two people come and help? I need two people who are going to be scribes. Who wants to help me? Don't all rush at once. Come on. Two people who want to just scribe. Very easy. At the back, thank you. I hope you put your hand up for me anyway. (laughs) Well done. Round of applause. And this side. Please, come on. Come on, Jake, I can see you're itching. Fantastic. Board here and board here. Have you got pens there? Fantastic. What we're going to do is on one side... Can everyone see this board or not? Can I, can you, you can't, okay, what we're going to do, draw a line right down the middle, both sides, right down the middle, from top to bottom, fantastic. On one side, put the word death. Death, doesn't matter. And on the other side, put, any idea? Great idea. Now, when we think of death, what words spring to mind? Sadness. Write that both down, if that's okay. It's a nice, easy word. Death again. Say again. End. 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 Yes. Darkness. Darkness. Brilliant word. Loss. Loss. Fantastic. Grief. Brilliant. Tears. Doesn't matter if you don't get all these down. That's okay. Fantastic. Let's just go back. Let's go to the other side. Life. What comes out when you think of life? Light. Fantastic. Daffodils. Brilliant. Spring. I love it. Yes. Just put daft. Babies. New life. Bought. Yes. Babies. Gladioli. Just put glad. When I was... Sorry, go on. Chrysanthemum. I love it. Now, some of the things I thought of in death, if it's okay, is perishable. You don't mind putting in that? P-E-R-I-S-H-A-B-L-E. What Bible college did you go to? What about drawing on some of the movies? Can everyone see these words? Yeah. No. That, so sorry. <laughs> they need to be bigger, don't they? Can we start again and draw it bigger? <laughs> thank you both. Can we give them just a thank you? This is just so we can refer throughout. That, that's all. So the question is, why do we go? We go... Because there's something very wrong with the world. We go because we have new life in Christ. When we've been baptised, our life changes. That means we see the world very differently. And if we're honest, there is something that constantly pulls us from life. Because we have life in Christ. But if we're honest, we... Do you not feel sad sometimes? 
you do. Sometimes you might just feel lost. The things that are in this category, we get pulled. There is this something in the world that pulls us back. But why do we go? Well, we go because we want to help people with their perspective. We want to help them as a church. As Christians, when we come to struggle, do you remember Simon talking a little while ago about life having the the downs and then the ups? And even as Christians, it does this too. Well, we become part of a family. We're adopted. And so we are there on the journey with each other, helping to pull everyone back to life. Now, I've experienced some very dark moments in my life. But I know that I've always been pulled back to life. I know that I have a father who's championing me on in life. Jesus, a friend who's praying for me 24-7. And the Holy Spirit constantly leading and guiding Don't forget, when we have new life in Christ, it means we're released, we're clean, we have a fresh start, made right, adopted, accepted, and we have a life beyond the grave. Now, in amongst all of these, I did think, hang on, nobody mentioned coronavirus on here. But it is a worry. Otherwise, we wouldn't be taking the precautions that we're doing. So why do we go? Well, we go because there's something very wrong with the world. Oh, I've moved, there you go. How do we go is the next one. Well, if we're honest, some people here can talk the hind legs off a donkey. Great, do it, go. Share your testimony, share how Jesus has, has taken you from life, from death to life. Go and share your story. And that's okay if you can't. Maybe you can get involved with some of these amazing projects, the Pantry Project and all sorts of things that we've heard today. But these are things that actually is going into a dark world, into a world that is full of death, and actually pulling it out and making life. And you know, the church has been doing this for centuries. I think of William Wilberforce, the Slavery Abolition Act of 1833. William and Catherine Booth, establishing poor houses and homes for the homeless. Reverend Martin Luther King, fair and equal treatment for races. Michael Faraday, well, he created electricity. Without electricity, where would we be today with the health care and everything else? Florence Nightingale became a nurse that changed the world of modern medicine. How do we go? Go share your story or get involved in some of these. And if you can't get involved in some of these, then can I say, just smile. Someone could be having the worst day ever. And just smiling can bring a light into their life. Pay for a coffee for the person behind. If you can't pay for a coffee... Well, then maybe buy homeless person some food. Don't just buy them a sandwich, but ask what they would like. Spend five minutes with them, ten minutes with them, making them feel more human. Help people see the world differently. Remember that this is a journey. 
It's a marathon. So we sow seeds, we give nuggets of gold, little gems along the way. Now, when I go to do a funeral service, when I prep that and see the family, I always ask the Holy Spirit to go ahead of me. I ask him to just highlight if there's an opportunity to share something. Sometimes I don't get an opportunity at all, and that's okay. And at times I do. I would rather allow God's timing in the matter than creating a stumbling block for someone else that could then make a little gem or to lead them to light and life. There was a service and these two brothers had been to see one and had been to see the other. And they'd fallen out and they hadn't spoken for 30 years. One brother felt that he'd regretted falling out. Now when the service came, I did the eulogy and I did the tribute and the music was played and I think there was a poem read. But there was something just going on in my heart. You know when God talks and suddenly it's a little bit like an adrenaline rush or your heart starts to beat and you know you've got to do something and it's like having a few cups of coffee and suddenly you get a little bit anxious. I was just that. And I knew I had to speak. So I said, when I saw Stephen, he said he misses the family get-togethers and with his mum passing away just reinforces this. And when I saw Bill, I saw how much he regrets certain words that he had said. Do you know what? I thought I was mad. If I'd got that wrong, I probably wouldn't be doing any more services. 30 years. Service came to a close. I stood outside. And the two brothers embraced. They held one another and cried. And to be part of that moment was amazing. It's about taking people from the death category and all these words that are in there over to life. Allowing the Holy Spirit. He's the one that brings revelation, not us. Released, cleaned, made fresh, made right, adopted, accepted, and life beyond the grave. We are coming into land shortly. I know time is just slightly gone. But we go because he is waiting. Let me tell you about the time that I was in hospital. My next door neighbour was passing away and I visited every day and went to be with the family. She had some sort of faith. The family clearly didn't, but she did. But in this room, there were two beds, and opposite this bed, the curtains were closed. I had a little peek, because I noticed these curtains hadn't moved for a while. And I noticed on the chart, name called Mrs. She wasn't present. She was alive, but just barely. So I asked the nurse on duty about this lady, Mrs. Gunther, and asked if I could just sit with her and, and just pray with her. The nurse said that no family had come and there was nothing on the records to say that she was religious. So I said, well, I won't say anything if you don't. So I sat and I prayed. I sat and I shared the Lord's Prayer. 
I didn't do it in a way that we did it this morning, <laughs> with different versions. But I sat and prayed. Nothing happened. Nothing occurred. There wasn't suddenly a, a life jumping up or anything like this. I went home and came back the next day. I noticed instantly that the curtains were now drawn and nobody was in the bed. And the family that I was with couldn't catch their words because they were talking so quickly about what had happened. They said that they knew that she had passed, even though the curtains were closed, because there was this warmth and peace that came into the room like they'd never experienced before. They couldn't explain it, but they said it was like the room had a light that wasn't a light from the lights. They said it stayed for around 20 minutes and then the room went cold. Jesus said in the Bible, I have gone to prepare a place for you. I 100% wholly believe that when I get to heaven, Mrs. Gunther's going to be waiting there. I really, really do. I just know that she will be there. We go because he is waiting to give eternal life. He's waiting. Others are waiting. Eternal life is mentioned in the gospel a total of 36 times, and 11 of these are to have, to possess it. It's the context of a promise and invitation and a statement for those that believe in Jesus, believe what he's done. Eternal life is gained through faith, belief in Jesus. It's a gift from the Father that comes through Jesus. Now, there's passages such as John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As well as John 5 as well. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He's not come to judge but has passed from death to life. These are great news. Now, it does bring a change in one's life, and it's called discipleship. This was covered by Jake last week. <coughs> and it does bring good works and a changed life, discipleship. And it continues all the way through. So to be baptised means we are marked. We have an anchor point that on such and such a day, I know that I was released, that I was clean, made fresh, Fresh start, made right, adopted, accepted, and I have a life beyond the grave. Isn't this amazing? Or is this just me? Why do we go? Because we have such an incredible message that we can send out to people who have no hope. And think of the video clips that we had. That's life. But to reach in and to just shine a light. Now, there is a certain prayer. Some may know it as the prayer of, of salvation. Some may know it as the sinner's prayer. Some may know it as a prayer of new life or even being born again. Whatever you know, there's a prayer that can be the start of this journey with Jesus. It's easy as A, B, C. 
Admit that you cannot go from death to life without him. Believe in his death and resurrection and put your trust in him. And confess he is Lord, the boss, the person in charge of your life. And to just draw this message to a conclusion, can we just all stand, please? I'm going to pray a very simple prayer based upon these three <coughs> points. And would you like to just reiterate as I share all together? Lord Jesus, I admit that I have done wrong things and not lived a right life. Thank you that you have died to take away my sins. Please forgive me. I receive your forgiveness and declare that you are Lord. I put my trust in you. I want to live with you in charge. Come and fill my life with you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be drawing the service to a close very shortly. But if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time, please just come to the front and speak to Simon Keeley, myself. <coughs> It'd be an honour just to stand with you. And for anyone here who hasn't been baptised yet, remember that it's a marker in your life. None of us are perfect, but it's a marker, an anchor point. There's something incredible that is happening and will also Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.